So we were like, oh, maybe Leah can't read, jokingly. And we were like, ha ha. And, and then, then it was we like, were like huh. maybe Leah can't read. Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton. And I'm Allegra Frank. And you're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it. Slate's podcast about internet culture. And Allegra is here with us to talk about the most important website on the internet because, yes, Tumblr is up to something again. Something good, question mark? It seems like it. I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll talk about it and we'll figure it out because I have some mixed <laughs> feelings. But uh, earlier this month, on April 20th, 420, baby, Tumblr blazed it. They launched uh, Tumblr Blaze, which is this new sponsored post service. So the way that works, it's like any Tumblr user can pay to have a post of their choice shared across different people's dashes. Because like the way that Tumblr works is that it's really just who you follow and their content of choice that you see. So it's not yeah. really just random people, right? Yeah, so they've kind of toyed with an algorithmicized feed. There's a For You um, tab on the mobile app that you can look at that is purely just content from people that you don't follow. But the historical Tumblr experience is purely dictated by who you follow. Except for now, where you can pay $10 for 2,500 impressions up to $150 for 50,000 impressions. And of course, because it's Tumblr, they ran a special on launch day, which if you forgot was on 420. So you could spend $4.20 for 1,000 impressions up to $420 for 150,000 impressions. Woof. The thing is, I love that it's impressions. Mm-hmm. It's not like automatically guaranteed likes or reblogs. It's literally just people looking at your content. Not at all. And it's just like this will appear in somebody's feed. I would also like to thank the many listeners who know me so well and told us about <laughs> Tumblr Blaze, including at Sophie underscore going on Twitter and CA in our email inbox. Thank you for making sure we did not miss this incredibly important news. I feel like... A lot of people are saying this is smart, that Tumblr finally has figured mm-hmm. out a way to monetize its website in a manner that maybe is useful to people. But I still am skeptical. Like, Rachel, what Ooh. do you think? I at first brush thought that this was a great idea for Tumblr because it kind of embraces for me the mythos that is Tumblr, which is being able to just do extremely chaotic shit for no reason i'm thinking about misha apocalypse i'm thinking <laughs> about when that stupid copy pasta existed that was like look at all the colors of the sky and it was oh. a super long post that took up your entire dashboard for several scrolls and then there'd always be a fucking jump scare so like the babadook at the bottom of the post mm-hmm. and this feels like something that you know a tumblr user i can't imagine having this feature back then because people would just pay ten dollars to fill your entire feed with this fucking can you look at all the colors of the sky post <laughs> it's just a tool that's pretty cheap that gets your shit post in front of a bunch of people you otherwise wouldn't be able to get to see your shit post. Yeah. Which like again, yeah, for the the point of being chaotic and making people laugh or freaking them out or annoying them, 
Like it's funny. It is funny mm-hmm. to think, okay, I'm just gonna spend 420 blaze it and <laughs> I'm gonna blaze it and I'm gonna make a thousand people laugh today. Mm-hmm. Or I'm gonna yeah. piss them off. I guess that is fun and very Tumblr. I feel like the the post I've seen most often is someone taking a screenshot of a Tumblr post that was sponsored and it was just look at my dog. Like <laughs> That's a great use of $10. <laughs> okay, yeah, that is actually great for everyone. I think one of the issues with Tumblr is that it's kind of hard to find new people to follow sometimes because you can get really insulated into your own dash mm-hmm. or finding new people to follow who aren't already in your interest. So if you're like mad deep into like, you know, like the Lay Miz fandom, you're going to know a lot of people in the Lay Miz fandom. But what if you want to find some people in another <laughs> fandom? Uh, and so this gives you a new kind of discovery tool because you're going to be seeing posts from somebody who you didn't previously follow. I'm kind of right. into it. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy. I'm happy for Tumblr innovating. And uh, hopefully, hopefully it'll work out, especially because Tumblr has been on our minds lately more than mm-hmm. usual because uh, there was some talk about something that we all remember as Tumblr memes back in the news. Leah Michelle <laughs> of Glee Spring Awakening. That's kind of really it, actually. Yeah. Scream Queens, I guess. You mostly know her from Glee. And yeah. uh, she is back in the news right now because there's a documentary about Spring Awakening, which was the Broadway musical she starred in back in the late aughts. And it's coming out on next Tuesday, May 3rd, on HBO Max. And a lot of wild stuff has been coming out about Uh her relationship with her co-star. I do remember that she admitted that her co-star, Jonathan Groff, who is a gay man, had never seen a vagina before. And so she took it upon herself to show him what a vagina looked like. Could he have looked it up online? Probably. This obviously unhinged anecdote made its way across the internet and at the same time the reviews for another broadway thing and it's shocking that madison is not here for this episode but the reviews for the broadway revival (laughs) of funny girl starring beanie feldstein just dropped and they are oh man i i hope she's not reading the reviews because they are savage but (laughs) leah michelle's name popped up because ever since i literally think since her days as baby cassette in Les Mis, it was clear she wanted to play the starring role in Funny Girl. Yeah, it's like, if there's one thing to know about Leah Michelle, it's that she wishes she were Barbara Streisand and absolutely is not. So she definitely would enjoy seeing Beanie torn apart for her dream role, that uh, Leah's dream role. Except Rachel, she can't read those reviews because she doesn't know how to read. Allegedly. Yeah, I think one of the only things I know about Leah Michelle, because I am, spoiler alert, not a huge Glee person, is that a lot of people think that she is illiterate. And I have questions primarily why and what. <laughs> We're going to dive into why people continue to allege that Leah Michelle cannot read and all the other gossip around Leah Michelle after this short break.
And we're back and we are debuting a new segment that we are tentatively calling Social Media Profiles of the Rich and Famous, which sounds like exactly what you think it is. It's a deep dive into a specific celebrity's online history, their various trials and tribulations and misdeeds. I was going to say it sounds like a good Charlotte song, but... (laughs) (laughs) Listen, you know I'm an emo kid. You know I love a long title. But we will say that we are actually looking for suggestions for a title for this segment. So if y'all have any ideas, please send them to us. We are icymi at slate.com or you can DM them to us at icymi underscore pod on Twitter. But... The inaugural figure in the social media lives of the rich and famous is one, Leah Michelle. And Allegra's going to mostly do this herself because I don't know <laughs> shit about her. <laughs> and then after this, Rachel, you're going to know too much shit about her. So Leah Michelle first started off on Broadway as a kid in the 90s, which is pretty mm-hmm. impressive. She was in yeah. Les Mis playing young Cosette. She was also in Ragtime, but we don't care. There's no Tumblr fandom for Ragtime. She did that for a little bit, and then she moved on to her really big breakout role in Spring Awakening, which is the musical that now there's a documentary in honor of its 15th anniversary out on HBO Max this week. Mama who gave me no way to handle things who made me so the whole thing is about like teens who are coming into their sexuality and they're very horny and the music is so good and she has sex and Jonathan (laughs) Groff is in it and she has sex with him and that's where they met and they're besties. If you're into that kind of thing, she became like a household name for you, like very well known. I was going to say she is not a household name for me in my household. You know, and then you know what? That's the thing. She was riding that high. And she ended up expanding into normal people's households, thanks to not just us freaks (laughs) who like Spring Awakening. She landed a starring role on TV in Glee, which Mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, the iconic musical comedy, dramedy, nonsense parade on (laughs) Fox that ran (laughs) for six seasons. Ryan Murphy created it. This was Mm. back before he went really off the rails and (laughs) everything was terrible that he did. There was still some promise. And uh, she starred as Rachel Berry, this very obnoxious, precocious theater kid, very self-confident, just really annoying. Nowadays, being anonymous is worse than being poor. Fame is the most important thing in our culture now. And if there's one thing I learned, it's that no one's just going to hand it to you. So Leah Michelle perfectly embodied that child. And uh, it really turns out that not only was she just perfectly embodying that child, but she was basically playing herself. And she brought this incredibly desperate energy to Glee that was why it was so watchable. You made a kind of passing mention to the fact that the character that Leah's playing on Glee is in fact very similar to Leah. And I've heard this before. I've seen this before. This just felt like common lore in the Glee fandom, which was impossible to escape on Tumblr. But is she actually a nightmare or are people just conflating her personality with her character? So while the show was on, there were definitely a ton of real life rumors about her behavior on Glee. Like, for instance, Kate Hudson guest starred on Glee for a six-episode arc in 2012. 
So uh, when Kate Hudson was on, there were some rumors that came out that she couldn't stand Leah's diva behavior and that she had said Leah was a nightmare. Leah snapped her fingers at crew saying, "Okay, you know, hurry up. I have things to do. So Kate was just very put off. So that was one rumor that started percolating. And Mm -hmm. in 2014, there was an Amazing moment. Infamous moment. I love it. Leah was on the red carpet for the premiere of American Horror Story Freak Show, which, you know, Ryan Murphy, he oh, does all yeah. his shows, too. Yeah. God, Ryan Murphy. He the does Ryan so Murphy cinematic extended universe. Right. So that's a core part of it. And Jessica Lang obviously, is a major player in that part of the universe. So she uh, was walking on the red carpet and she walked by Leah, Jessica Lang walked by Leah and Leah said, oh, hi, Jessica. And Jessica walked right on by. She did not turn. She did not say a word. She was like, I am not even going to look at this girl. Ooh, Leah Michelle is, if there's anything I know about her is that she's like wild theater kid energy. So to be snubbed by such an icon would destroy me. But the thing is, like, it didn't stop from there, you know, like... There was a an interview that Leah did with David Letterman. One uh, of the stories about there's some sort of a fist fight on the set <laughs> that uh, you you knocked somebody out. You oh cold, really? You cold cocked somebody. Is that somebody. what they're saying? That's what I've heard. <laughs> it's really unbelievable the amount of things that can just be completely made up, mm-hmm. and it's really what, frustrating. So you know what I'm talking about then? I have. Because I just made it up. Oh, you did. You're lying. <laughs> <laughs> So what you're telling me is that the rumors of her being like a kind of difficult person were so commonplace at this point that David Letterman was like, I'm going to trick you. (laughs) Even David Letterman said it. That's wild. Okay, I will say that a lot of this feels like conjecture at this point. Mm -hmm. Is there any any other kind of damning evidence? I would say what we really get that is irrefutable is that Naya Rivera, rest in peace, she played Santana on Glee, one of the other main characters. So she worked very closely with Leah Michelle for years. She published a memoir in 2016, and it was just a treasure trove of Glee gossip. So she said straight up that Leah was Rachel Berry. Leah was her character on Glee, and by which she meant Leah was competitive. She was defensive. She was overconfident. And um, here's a quote. She said that she, she, as in Leah, had a hard time separating work from our outside friendship, as in Naya and Leah's friendship, whereas it was a lot easier for me to do that. Leah was a lot more sensitive, and sometimes it seemed like she blamed me for anything and everything that went wrong. So I got to say, from a non-insider perspective... None of this really feels that damning to me. It really just seems like she's kind of a desperate overachiever who is kind of a bitch to work with. You know, the the fact is, like, at this point in this timeline, there wasn't that much known or confirmed publicly, but she wasn't getting much work anymore. Like, her career Mm. had basically dried up. And there must have been some reason behind it. And even if we didn't quite yet know what this real story was, there was definitely something going on behind the scenes. Yeah, it seems kind of like an open secret. Though, I mean, did any of the Glee stars really get that much work after the show? Like, what's Chris Colfer up to these days? 
Uh, he's a best-selling author oh. of children's books, I think, uh, or something. Oh. So how dare you? That's not, <laughs> it's not the answer I was expecting. But okay, well, you know Leah Michelle is not writing children's books. And neither is she allegedly reading them, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Here's what I've been waiting for. Right. So in 2018, there was a Facebook Live video that is now utterly iconic. In which Live. I know, right? Oh, that feral, just feral landscape. (laughs) But uh, there were two podcasters, Jay Hunt and Robert Ackerman. And they did a video in which they talked through a detailed PowerPoint that they had come up with entitled Leah Michelle is illiterate. (laughs) And it's a 40 minute video and they provided evidence that they believe points to the fact that Leah has never learned to read. This is uh, the cast of Glee on the Ellen show. They're actually both the cast of Glee on the Ellen show. (laughs) Surprisingly. As we've mentioned before, Ellen DeGeneres, enemy of the podcast, is evil and wants her guests to suffer. So this is two examples of her trying to make Leah read and write and Leah not knowing what to do. So what you're going to see in this is Ellen discovers the game Cards Against Humanity and decides to play it with a lot of... Okay, so I had heard of this video before we taped this episode. I'd never taken it upon myself to watch an extremely detailed but hilarious 40 minute video (laughs) and honestly i gotta say at the end of it i was like this is kind of a compelling case being built (laughs) it really is like i mean gotta hand it to them they did an excellent job you know they other than pulling from her childhood career of having kind of minimal lines they found photos of her assistants using her phone for her <laughs> they cast suspicions on her instagram captions because she usually just signs them off with emoji they argue that she can't even sign her own name based on this one photo where she is like looking like she's supposed to sign her name but she's not putting her pen on the the paper lots of interesting evidence that they found so you know honestly at this point being called illiterate which (laughs) cannot confirm nor deny this is an allegation it's probably the best reputation that she could hope for it's a lot less (laughs) mean than calling her a diva and frankly it could make her a little sympathetic the funniest thing is that i a known non-glee person knew that this theory was a thing and I had chosen not to watch a video until recently when it popped up on my TikTok page in the year of our Lord and Savior 2022. A TikToker by the handle of at Kelsey Likes Things basically resurfaces video in the beginning of March in a video that condenses this 40 minute timeline into three minutes. And that video currently has 10.6 million views. So there's a whole new generation <laughs> people learning or relearning that Leah Michelle can't read or allegedly cannot read. Please do not do us, Leah Michelle. (laughs) Please, Leah. But, you know, even as a whole new generation is learning that Leah can't read, they also probably aren't forgetting that the last chapter in the Leah internet saga in 2020 was a lot less funny and way, way darker. Oh, yeah. Because she went and she tweeted... Rachel, guess what this white girl tweeted about in 2020 that went bad? Oh, well, yeah, you set the year. 
I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna take a wild guess and say some combination of Black Lives Matter and or George Floyd. You got it. You got it both. Wow. She proved that she can read at the wrong time. More on that after the break. <laughs> If this is your first time tuning into ICYMI, we are so glad to have you here. In case you missed it, yes, that joke is made every single week. We come out twice a week. We come out on Wednesdays and Saturdays. You're listening to Saturday's episode, and Wednesday's episode was all about Whitey Nation, which is not what you think it is. No, it is not a white supremacist cult. It is instead a group of Gen X women who really, really love this TikTok star. We talked to Jessica Lucas, an internet journalist who covered Whitey Nation and all the ways it's gone off the deep end. You don't want to miss it. All right, we are back in 2020, continuing the Leah Michelle timeline. And we have made a pit stop in the summer of 2020, which if you forgot what was happening then, that's not my fault. We're not explaining. (laughs) So... On May 29th, 2020, Leah Michelle tweeted, George Floyd did not deserve this. This was not an isolated incident and it must end. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Of the things that we heard people say in 2020, <laughs> this does not feel that bad. This is not that bad. Here's the thing. A fellow Glee castmate, who I gotta be honest with you, Glee became a totally different show halfway through. So I don't remember who this girl is, but I trust that she was on Glee. I fully believe it. Her name is Samantha Marie Ware, and she quoted Leah's tweet. And she said, LMAO, remember when you made my first television gig a living hell? Because I'll never forget. I believe you told everyone that if you had the opportunity, you would, quote, shit in my wig. What? Amongst other traumatic microaggressions that made me question a career in Hollywood. I just like, oh, that's not, oh. So a lot of people seized on this and they're like, oh, shoot. People were piling on Leah. And so she issued an apology a few days later on June 3rd. And she was like, you know, I basically I'm not racist. I'm so sorry (laughs) that every, you know, I was immature. I was being difficult you know, it, it's basically like, I'm sorry you feel that way. Okay, so she, this cast member calls her out, rightfully. Leah Michelle issues an apology. Is that it? I mean, that's, I'm not, not to diminish just shitting in the wig. That's <laughs> fucked up. But I just, right. there has, that can't be the, that's, is that the only thing? Oh, no. If this became chaotic. A lot of other people from Glee and elsewhere started talking about their horrible experiences with her. Um, Heather Morris, who was... Brittany on Glee. She talked about how Leah was super unpleasant to work with and that she deserved to be called out. Uh, One Glee guest star tweeted that Leah wouldn't let him sit at the same table with the Uh other cast members. Like, she literally said, you don't belong there, which is so high school. And yeah, the show is like set in a high school, but that's wild. There was a drag queen who guest starred on Glee and they said that Leah treated them as a subhuman. Oh, my um, God. But the one that I feel like you'll appreciate the most. I was going to ask. My girl. Your girl. Amber Riley, where is she in this? Well, one, she tweeted in response to Samantha an amazing gif of herself. What was the react? Like, give, give me. I'm sorry. You have to describe this over <laughs> air. But what was the reaction? <laughs> it was like her character, Mercedes 
going like, yes, like, you know, like, yes, girl. And she went on an Instagram live show and she talked about this and she said, I'm not going to say that Leah Michelle is racist. Oh, but OK. Glee was not the most comfortable environment. OK, so was it just Glee that had an issue with her? No, so it extended beyond just the show. We had people from like Spring Awakening. There was an understudy who said that Leah was nothing but a nightmare to him and fellow understudies. And she made them feel like they didn't belong there. And on Ragtime, one of the understudies there tweeted that she was, Leah was absolutely awful to her in the ensemble. She demeaned the crew. She threatened to have people fired. And Rachel... The best part is that Leah was 12 years old. No. Yeah. Like, that's how bad it got. We'd be here all day if we went through all of these. There's that many. We love to hate her. That's why we loved her on Glee, because we love to hate her. And this makes a lot of sense with the most recent reason that she's been trending on Twitter, which is just tweets saying things like, Leah Michelle, Desk Lamp, Jonathan Groff. And I was like, what? is going on here why is she trending i want to find out during their work on spring awakening as children leah michelle says at one point i literally showed him him being jonathan groff my whole vagina he was like i've never seen a woman's vagina before would you show me and i was like sure and i took a desk lamp and showed him and i have a lot of questions the first one is what the second one is why was there a desk lamp involved and but then the the last question i had wasn't really a question it was more just a deep sigh because it literally just sounds about right for theater kids i respect theater kids but i'm also terrified of them deeply and you would think that would be enough Mm -hmm. for leah to be trending right now but it's not It's not. There's always multiple things happening. Another reason that Miss Girl is trending is because of a Broadway revival of Funny Girl, which is, I, when I tell you I don't understand how all these disparate things keep being brought up with Leah Michelle, there's so much going on here and all of it has to do with Broadway. And I really am like, Madison, where are you? I know. Yeah. So as we talked about before, Leah Michelle just desperately wants to be Barbara Streisand. Uh-huh. So Barbara Streisand is very famous for having mm-hmm. starred in Funny Girl. But Broadway, when they were reviving Funny Girl, the producers went with Beanie Feldstein. You know who Beanie Feldstein is, right? Yeah, she was in Booksmart, right? And she's Jonah Hill's sister. Seems like a good role for her. She was not good for this. It was oh. actually terrible. So here's some, some sample review headlines. Beanie Feldstein struggles in Broadway revival. Beanie Feldstein can't fill Barbara Streisand's shoes. And then, of course, (laughs) there was Beanie Feldstein Funny Girl Reviews spawn wave of Leah Michelle memes. This is all connecting. It was so easy to be like, haha, Leah Michelle is. She was laughing up a storm. She was having a blast. Except for the (laughs) fact, you know, she actually wasn't laughing because she can't read the reviews. Allegedly. All right, that is the show. We will be back in your feed on Wednesday, so definitely subscribe. It is still the best way to never miss an episode. Please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple or Spotify and tell your friends about us. Also, importantly, help us name this new segment if you think you can do better than the social media lives of the rich and famous. Put your money where your mouth is. 
Send us an email at icymi at slate.com or send us a DM at icymi underscore pod. And, you know, you might end up naming this segment. We will definitely give you credit if you do so. ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader, Rachel Hampton, and Madison Malone Kircher. We're edited by me, Allegra Frank. And Alicia Montgomery is executive producer of Slate Podcasts. See you online. Or on Broadway. So I've actually never seen Les Mis. And what? I'm so sorry to my friends. Give me the American version. I'm tired of the French. I have no patience for the, the French. The American version of the French Revolution? <laughs> Freedom fries forever, Rachel. That's just Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> Love Hamilton.